Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Isaiah 43, we are in our series called uh, Focus in Life. And so we're taking another look at how do we maintain our focus on what's most important to help our life be what God intends it to be. Uh, We talked last week about there's a lot of things you cannot control in your life. But the one thing I believe we can control is where we put our focus and so we're learning how to do that and then hopefully learning also how to maintain that, keep it in the right place. I just want to back up and appreciate what Troy said this morning. You know, sometimes those rainy Sundays for a pastor can be like, Lord, bring them out. I know it's raining, but bring them out, Lord. But we know, again, safety first. And so I appreciate that encouraging word he had for me. And as he led us into that song, don't you love that song? I've seen you move, you've moved the mountains, and I believe you'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. I tell you, that just really stirs me, gets me fired up, and I just love that. And I think back on times, and it's not an old song per se, we've not sung it that long anyways, and how many times I find myself just in maybe a challenging situation, or maybe I'm a little down or whatever. I remember that song, and something just rises up in me when I start to sing it. And I don't know all the words to it, but I know that one chorus, I've seen you do it again, right? You move the mountains, you made a way where there's no way. And you know, I got to thinking about that this weekend. My, uh, my wife and I were doing some different things around the house in the week, and I took a break and was just flipping through the TV channels, and I caught a Rocky marathon, right? Rocky. Seen all the Rockies right back in the day. It's funny watching Rocky today. It's like, wow, that was really bad. But you thought it was a really great movie, pretty cheesy and stuff like that. And my favorite was, I just caught, I think it was, it was Rocky Three, and I love Mr. T, right? The bad guy, Mr. T, is Glover Lang. And so, um, but you know what really gets me in that movie is the soundtrack. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about? Survivor, 1982, Rocky Three, Eye of the Tiger, baby, right? Right? <laughs> hey, I, I, I learned that on Guitar Hero. Uh, but, um, <laughs> so... You know, the eye of the tiger. And it's just funny because it just, when I think about it now, it just kind of gets me fired up a little bit, right? And I remember in the 80s, the greatest era, the greatest decade of music, right? The 80s. And, uh, and so I remember when that came out, I was in, uh, going to New Braunfels High School for the Mighty Unicorns playing sports. And that song came out. Of course, it was played in the locker room, in the weight room, before every game, before every practice. And it was just something to get you fired up. But it's interesting to me when you listen to something, whatever your, whatever your jam is or whatever you listen to it, it just brings out different memories, right? You attach a memory to that, a different feeling. And it's funny to me because when I just watching that the other day and listening to that, it just brought back so many memories. And you know, what, what we need to understand is that there's actually been studies done about that. These neural pathways in our brain attached to something. If we see it over again, we do it over and over again rather than, then we get an embedded memory. Because of the music, are there, are there any of you like that in here? I mean, I was also listening to. I was thinking, what other what other songs do that for me? Like from the '80s, and I thought of Top Gun, right? Danger Zone, right? Right, Top Gun, a bunch of other a bunch of others. But it's interesting. It just creates in us an anchor memory. And the music will trigger that at times. And so, you know, as well as I do, a lot of times when you're feeling a certain way, you'll go back and listen to something and it will change your mood, change your feeling. And so I I know that you're thinking, it's like, okay, how's that working into the message? Well, let's go back to Isaiah 43 and take a look at what's happening here. In Isaiah 43, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah is addressing the people of God and they're at a certain time in their life that they're in Babylonian captivity. Not a stranger, the people of God at that time aren't a stranger. Now, they themselves were not part of the captivity Uh, The 400-year captivity in Egypt, this is a whole different generation, but it's a core story 
for the people of God. And so Isaiah comes on the scene, and here in verse 19, he is going to start telling them the story. And so he says this, see, he's actually prophesying. He's prophesying about events that are taking place, going to take place, and then on way into the future that none of them will even maybe even experience in their life. But he says this, see, I'm doing a new thing. I love that, right? See, I'm doing a new thing. To which typically in church, we'll celebrate that, right? That's right. Praise the Lord. And it gets us all fired up. And then we go on. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the world wilderness and streams in the wasteland. A new thing. Say new. new. Typically we cheer that. We celebrate that. We've preached on it. We love that. We probably all have that scripture in some regard to encourage ourselves. But here's what we think. We cheer for God's doing a new thing in our heart and our lives, but we don't always cheer for new things, right? My wife called me the other day and she said, whatever you do, don't get on I-35 North right now. Which direction she was going. I'm like, wow, what's going on? Was there a wreck? She's like, the traffic's barely moving. And then I said, was there an accident? She's like, no, they're changing the light bulbs, right? <laughs> and I thought, why don't they do that like two or three in the morning? And I thought, well, maybe they can't see. They're changing light bulbs, right? I don't know. But anyway, so, so I just got to thinking about that. They'll cheer that new thing. Scripture, God's doing a new thing. But we don't always cheer new things. I don't cheer the new construction happening on Luke 3.37. Can I tell you, I really curse it more than cheer it, right? It's kind of the way, maybe that's just me. And so it's interesting, be careful what you wish for or long for, because the new things in life we may not always enjoy, and they may not happen the way that we think or hope that they would happen. And if I was to ask this morning, how many of you want God to do a new thing in your life? Probably all of us would raise our hands, but the reality is the new thing can be a challenge to us, because it doesn't look like the old thing, and it doesn't feel like the old thing. And so as much as we want to do a new thing, which God is always doing, we don't recognize it for what it is, because we're stuck in the memory of the past. And so we want God to do a new thing, but understand that he doesn't always do it the way that he did it before. And then we're going to take a look at Hebrews 6.1. Here's the writer in the New Testament. He says this, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings or where we began about Christ and move forward in maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and faith in God. He's talking about we're not, we're moving the New Testament church. We need to move, he's telling believers then, we need to move beyond the law and the elementary teachings of Jesus and keep growing. He's saying we need to move into the new things because understand all the New Testament church knew at that point in time was the Old Testament law. So anything happening then was new. And now they're having to learn the new things that Jesus was teaching, which was completely unfamiliar and foreign to him. But he's talking about as is Isaiah, be aware of moving into the new that God has into your future, and it will not look most of the time like what has happened or what God did in your past. And so they had to move past the old way into the new, and as much as we want the new, it's not always that easy. And part of that is because, as going back to the song, our brain forms these connections, and once we've done something a certain way uh, a number of times, our brain locks it in. And so when we try to do something a new way, different, our brain doesn't like it. Uh, let me just use this example. I am a creature of habit. And I, every Sunday, I eat breakfast, I get up, I leave my house at seven, I go to a particular restaurant, I have breakfast. Usually it's just me, maybe one other person in the restaurant at that time of the morning and the people wait on the wait staff. And then I get here by eight and I just, but a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, the, brec- the breakfast place I go to caught fire. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my goodness, the building, their jobs, the people, was anybody hurt, the owner? I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was like, where am I gonna have breakfast on Sunday? What's happening? And so this morning I went to a new place. It just wasn't the same, you know, but it is of that restaurant chain. So all the menus always the same. And I'm just like, this is totally not the good thing for me. But we form these pathways, these things that we just lock in, these embedded memories and anchor memories that can make the new thing different in our life. 
But we know that we're people like that because we'll say this, that's just the way he is. That's just the way she is. That's just the way I am. But when we read scripture and we see where it says I'm doing a new thing, we get excited about it. But do we really understand what God's trying to do? So Isaiah 43, 19, let's go back. God is saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And he's speaking to his people that are in, uh, through the prophet Isaiah, God's speaking, uh, in a Babylonian captivity. And he's trying to bless them. And what God's saying, what, what prophet, prophet Isaiah is saying, what God's doing is trying to bless his people. Now understand, God's always trying to bless you. That's who God is. He's always trying to bless you, always. So the barrier to your blessing is not God, it's you, right? And so he's trying to bless his people. He's always tried to bless his people, but you find him in his captivity and then this captivity and this thing going on. So the people really are the barriers to the blessings of God. But all their life, God's been trying to bless them. All your life, God's been trying to bless you. He has, he is, and he will. But the people of Israel have been, by their behavior, blocking the blessing of God. And so understand that not only does God want to bless them, he told Abraham that not only will my people be blessed, I'm gonna bless my people, but through my people, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So God brought them out of captivity because he wanted to bless them, but he wanted to bless them so they could bless everybody else on the planet. And so when we look at Isaiah 43 and Hebrews 6, I think God's trying to get us to see that there's barriers that were before us to keep us from experiencing his blessings, but they're no longer there. I mean, God's removed the barriers. And basically he's like, hey, look at that in a second. Isaiah's trying to get them to understand something. I believe he's trying to get us to understand something. So is the writer in Hebrews. God has removed those barriers to your blessing and my blessing. And Easter's a great reminder. I mean, we look at the cross and the cross is in here. And we understand that the barriers were removed because of the cross of Jesus. The barriers to your blessing have been removed because of the cross of Jesus. He removed sin from your life, amen? He removed guilt, he removed shame, did he not? On the work on the cross, if Jesus is your savior and Lord. He removed your weakness and gave you his strength. He removed the mistakes of your past. All things are passed away, all things become new. God dealt with that, he defeated the grave, he defeated death, he broke the chains, amen? God's already broken the barriers to your blessing. He's already, and he's telling him, and, and the prophet Isaiah is right, God already broke the barriers to your blessing, the writer in Hebrew. The barriers have been broken. The barriers of the past have been broken. God already broke the barriers to your blessing. So when I look out even over this church right now, and I love our church, and thank God that I have the privilege and honor of being your pastor, but I see a church where barriers have been broken. I see a church right now that some people, unfortunately, on this planet would think that we shouldn't be worshiping together. But here's what we know, God's broke the barriers to those things and we have the same savior, we have the same Jesus, amen? We have the same faith, we have the same peace, we have the same blood that washes clean, amen? So the barriers have been broken. So God breaks barriers, every barrier has been broken and there's nothing that can separate us from his love. In fact, Romans 8, 31 through 35 and 37 through 39 says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? No one. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He who will bring any charge, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen, it is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No one. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, this is what Isaiah is talking about, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither present, nor future, nor any powers, anything, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, to which we all would say amen and amen. Except, except my unbelief. Accept my unbelief, because the barriers have been removed. Now, all that can be true if you don't believe it to be true, it won't be true for you. If you don't believe God is doing a new thing, you'll stay stuck in what was. So now Isaiah was prophesying this, and that he wouldn't even, stuff he wouldn't even live to see. Many of them wouldn't, and things even way down into the future, none of them would see. And he's telling him in advance what's gonna happen. And God knew what his people would need. He, would knew that he knew they would worship other gods and he knew that they would not follow the promise and the covenant and he's still prophesying and how he wants to bless them. He promised Abraham that he would bless them and they'd be a blessing and all the people of the earth would be blessed through them. Every, every barrier would be broken down. It wasn't just one people that would be blessed. It wasn't one country, one race, one denomination, one church, but all people would be blessed by those who are called by his name. And that's the promise. But with the promise, there's a problem. Do you realize that promise and problem, they always hang out together? They just do. That promise and problem come hand in hand for whatever reason. And the problem is the people of God block their blessing. And they block the blessing they were created by God to distribute to other people. Do you realize that? I mean, it's one thing for us to do things that block the blessing of God for our, in our life, but understand how God wants to bless other people of the earth is through his people. So if his people who are called by his name are walking in the blessing of God, but they're blocking it by their behavior and what their focus is, then not only are we missing out on the blessing, but so are the other people. We block the blessing God wants to distribute to us to other people as well. So Isaiah knew this and knew there would be a time God's people would live in captivity and bondage. And they were, and we can find ourselves, even, even blessed people can still live in bondage. We find ourselves that way all the time. And they were in a different place they never should have been. God never intended for them to be captives in bondage, and they were in an unfamiliar place that God never wanted them to be. And so Isaiah speaks forth a promise from God, and he gives them what they'll need for their future, things they didn't even know about yet. And let me say this right here. That's why it's important to come to church or catch the stream. Because God's going to speak to you about what might happen in the future. And so we might come one day and we might say, well, I'm, I'm not married, so I don't need that message. Well, if you ever want to be married, it's better to get it ahead of time. Can I just tell you? Right? Well, I, I don't need that. I don't have kids yet. And if there's anything you need to prepare ahead of time for, it is little blessings. Amen? Believe me. All right? Amen. Big time. Right? Okay. And so you may say, well, I'm not sick. Wait, listen, you'll either know somebody sick or you'll walk there one day. You need to know that God is a healer. You need to know, well, I'm not broke. Well, guess what? All our needs are met according to his riches and glory. You need to know how to walk in his financial plan. So as Isaiah is telling us a wonderful lesson here that you may not experience all these things yet he's telling you, but you're going to need to know it. You're going to need to know it. That's why if you miss, make sure you go back on stream and watch it, what God's wanting to speak to us. So look what Isaiah says in Isaiah 43, 15. Here's what he says through 17. He says this, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. I love this. And we just sing about this this morning, right? He made a way where there is no way. And I believe he'll do it again. You know what Isaiah was doing right here? He was like, uh, 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 right? 
He was saying, listen, children of Israel, I have the tiger, baby. You remember the day when God brought your people, your core memory out? Come on, just like that music makes us feel, I'm ready now, man, that got me fired up. I listened to that or I heard that, that got me excited about this. Man, we can do this. He's telling him, don't hang your head in this captivity. Eye of the tiger. I've seen him do it and I know he'll do it again. He made a way where there was no way. He opened up, made a way, there's no way. He made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses and the army and reinforcements together and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick, like a candle, amen? He's connecting them to their anchor memories, the ones that were embedded in God's people. And when they heard that, it helped them get excited because I believe that he'll do it again. He made a way where there was no way. So Isaiah is going back to the past to remind the people of the faithfulness of God. And he goes all the way back to when the people were slaves in Egypt. Now they themselves weren't those people, but that was their people. They knew God did it for their people. He would do it for them. They needed to see a way out. A way out. God, so God sent back in that day when he parted the waters, Moses, the deliverer. I love that in verse 43, 16. He made a way. How many, how many of you in here has God ever made a way for Man, just anything, 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 everything. Things you wouldn't even attribute to God, he made a way. You just don't give him the credit for. You don't see it that way. He made a way. And I believe we'll see him do it again, amen? And when Isaiah said that, that was in their memory. It was a reminder that they were no longer slaves. Maybe they were in bondage, but they were no longer slaves. They didn't have to live that way. A memory of the past, not for those people, different people, part of the core memory, core story. Verse 43, 16 and 17. Let's look at 16 and 17 again. This is what the Lord says. He made a way. 17, let's jump to 17. He drew out the chariots and horses never to rise again. He'll do it again. He's a way maker. He wants to make a way in your captivity right now. He's just reminding him. He's playing eye of the tiger for him, right? Look at what he goes on to say in verse 18 then. This is what's interesting because he gets them all fired up. He gets them all pumped up to eye of the tiger, right? And they're ready. That's right. That's right. He's going to make a way and they're ready. And all of a sudden he says this. Okay, so now that you're reminded of all that, now you're super excited about the eye of the tiger thing. And then he goes on to say this. Hey, so forget about that. Because you were reading the same Bible I'm reading, right? Hey, remember, he made a way where there was no way. And he's going to do it again. He destroyed the enemies chasing you. So forget about it, right? Forget about all that, he says. Forget those former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, this is what we celebrate. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's interesting to me that he says, forget the former things. He just got us fired up about remembering. And then he says, forget them. Now we understand that from the standpoint of forgetting things of the past, but we do it from the standpoint of bad things. Right? I and mean, we preach that all the time. It's easy you can preach out the drop of a hat. Don't bring your past into your present. It'll hinder your future, right? Don't live there. Move past your past, right? We can say that all day long. But sometimes, just maybe sometimes, one of the barriers to you and I moving forward in the future is not the mistakes of the past, but it's the miracles of the past. Because you and I, just like the children of Israel, have a tendency to live in the memory of the miracle and miss the miracle in the moment. Because God doesn't do things the same way he always did them. And that was appropriate for that time, but God's got something new he wants to do now. Why? Because you're in a new place, a new time. You're new. You remember the time when you first got saved and you're just like, everything's so great and wonderful, God, and you needed something and you weren't really sure how to get it, so you just opened up your Bible. And every time you opened up your Bible, you saw you know, these really wonderful scriptures about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and, and he's my source and provider, and he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. 
And then a few years down the road, as you're supposed to grow and mature in God, you open up the Bible. Hey, I need some help, God. And get some, open up the Bible, and you, you, you think God pecks, uh, you know, put a plague on him or whatever like that. It's like Job, and he killed his whole family, and Judas betrayed him with a kiss, and it's like you keep thumbing, where's all the... Where's all the Care Bear scriptures at? Where's all that? My Precious Moments Bible. Where did that go? And it's not that God's any different. He's just not going to do it how he did it before. Because he has an expectation for you to grow in the things of God. Remember the writer in Hebrew? Forget the elementary thing. Dig a little deeper. Walk in the authority that you know you have as a believer. Extend your faith a little bit more. You're in a different place now. It's not going to work that way, but we miss the miracle he wants to do in the moment because we want it to look like our past. God doesn't ever work that way. I mean, just look in the New Testament when Jesus does miracles. Now, he did thousands upon thousands. In fact, the writer said there's too many ever to be humanly recorded. And no doubt there was duplicate miracles, if you will. But what we are taught in the scripture, the miracles they pull out to pick and choose to teach you and I, the Holy Spirit wanted us to understand, most of them don't look the same. I mean, you read many of the scriptures where he opened blind eyes. There's, there's countless ways that he did that. He didn't do it the same. And you know why God doesn't do it that way? It's because if he did it the same way every time, in our humanity, we have the propensity then to look to the system and not the source. We'll look for a formula and not faith. And so Isaiah's saying to you, hey man, remember all this stuff getting him excited? He's like, and Isaiah says, forget that. Don't forget that he made a way, but forget how he made it. Because when the children of Israel were in bondage before, he sent a deliverer named Moses. And here's what would happen to people in bondage again in the Babylonian captivity. They'd be looking for another Moses to be raised up. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. And you know what they'd be doing? They'd be waiting in their mind. And they'd be thinking, oh my goodness, yeah, I the tiger. Moses would be coming out to eye the tiger, right? He's like, Here comes Moses, eye the tiger, man, we're gone. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where, where you at, God? And God's like, no, it's different this time. So maybe some of the greatest barriers to our blessing today is our focus is on the miracle in the memory instead of looking for the miracle in the moment. God's going to do something different. Oh, he's going to do something because he's the way maker. He's going to do something because that's who he is. He's not going to do it the same way because then we'll get hung up on a system or on a formula instead of the source and exercising our faith. So forget the former things. I love that. Because when God does something for us in one season, we expect him to repeat it in the next season. God wants to do something different because he wants something different out of you. So we talk about moving forward. We have to remember we don't just, our mistakes aren't barriers or hindrances. Sometimes it's the miracles that have happened in our life if we don't understand what God's trying to do. Remember the way he made it, but forget, remember the way he made, but forget the way he made it. Remember what he did for you, but forget how he did it. All you need to know is he's the way maker. All you need to know is he made a way where there is no way, right? All you need to know is I of the tiger. He made a way, and I believe he'll do it again. He said, remember what I did and then forget how I did it because he's not going to do it the same way every single time. Isaiah, speaking on behalf of God, says, don't look for it to look like what it used to look like or feel like what it used to feel like. So God says, I'm going to make a way, but not the way I made it before. Isaiah 43, 19 again says this. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Why do they got to even say that? Do you not perceive it? It's because we have a tendency, again, to lock into a way and miss what God's trying to do. He's like, maybe you don't perceive it. Maybe you don't perceive the new thing right now because you're looking for the old thing. 
You're looking for the old thing. What would keep me from perceiving the new thing? Maybe it's expecting it to look like what it did before. Maybe, again, we miss what God's doing because we're looking for the way it used to be. So God isn't necessarily working your life now the way he did before. He's expecting you to grow, mature, build your faith, trust him, do all those things. You know, one thing I want to I say it this way because this is what, when I was studying this out, kind of came to me. I wrote kind of a couple of the thoughts down. And I just want to say this because I know that God brings us at different times and we have different experiences growing up with different people and different churches and different backgrounds. And the danger can be coming into a church and wanting it to be like the church you left or wanting it to be different a certain way you watched online or anything like that. And I want to tell you, if we're going to be people of trusting God to do the new thing, we got to be open to the new thing that he's doing. Amen. And so I think a lot of times people come to church and I'll say it this way, and I don't mean this to be hard or anything, but I think it bears saying sometimes the barrier to receiving something from God in church is that the way we perceive church should be, or we think it should be, or the way it was. But some of you didn't go to a church that they raised their hand in, did you? Some of you didn't go to a church that they clapped and shouted, or even jumped maybe from time to time. Some of you didn't go to church that maybe they even did a little bit of Holy Ghost hop going on right there, maybe a little Jericho march or something like that. Some of you didn't go to a church like that. Some of you didn't go to a church that they preached in a wrinkled shirt and jeans because of the weather there, because of the wrinkle on. Some of you didn't go to a church that ain't been even the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What's this tongue saying? Some of you didn't go to church that they tithe every week. Some of you didn't go to church where you're supposed to serve. Some of you didn't go to church that, you, that have small groups for you to get in. Some of you didn't go, guess what? God's doing a new thing, so try something new. God's the God of the new. Some of you didn't go to a church where they're asking you to invite somebody else to go to church. Some of you didn't go to church and asking people to go to church to park far away so visitors can park close. Some of you didn't go to church and ask you to leave one service and go to another one so the people that are visitors can come and have the good seats. Who does that? God. Because he's doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? He's working. He's making a way where there seems to be no way. Don't look for the miracle of your memory. Look for the miracle of the moment. Let me read this in 16 through 19. Bless you. 16 through 19 here. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. He made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Hold on to that for just a second. Who drew out the chariots and horses, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. He's starting to make you hear that. You can already hear it. Right? The eye of the tiger, right? He's like, or this way, we just saying, he made a way. There was no way. He drew out the chariots and horses. The army reinforcements together, lay there, never to rise again, extinguish them out, snuff them out like a wick. And then he goes on to say this. Forget the former things, not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Listen to 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. See, the first time I brought you out, I brought you out with a deliverer, washed out into the wilderness on the way to the promised land, and there was an obstacle. There was a barrier in the way. What was it? The Red Sea. Marches out to the Red Sea, and all of a sudden, I part the waters. The waters are there. They're a barrier to you. I part the waters. The waters are a barrier. I remove the barrier. In fact, they use the water to kill or destroy your enemies. And now he's saying this. Remember that, but forget about that, because now, this time, where you are in captivity, I'm, I'm not using the water to kill your enemy. I'm using the water to bring life to you. I'm making a way in your wasteland. I'm let wells spring up, streams spring up in the desert, springs stream up. In the... See, in one time, he delivered them by making the barrier, the water, the barrier and using it to destroy his enemy. The next time he's going to deliver them is by using the water to bring life to them. God doesn't work the same way. Quit missing what he's doing. I want it to be what it used to be. 
And we'll all celebrate he's doing a new thing, but do we really want the new thing? Don't say it or confess it unless you mean it, because God's going to exactly do that. The new thing. And don't miss it. Don't focus on the miracle of your memory. Focus on the miracle of the moment. God's doing a new thing. I believe. I'll see you do it again. But how you do it, that's up to you, God. So you made a way there was, where there was no way. And it's not my job to predict the way or to direct it. I don't have to know how if I know who. So Isaiah is saying to them, don't be stuck in the way God used to move. He's doing a new thing. He's making a way. I want to say this. It's so heavy on my heart. He's making a way right now for you. He's wake, making a way for you right now. Do you not see it? His best is right in front of you. Do you not perceive it? And if you don't, maybe it's because you're looking for it to come in a different way. And he says, no, I'm doing a new thing. He's the way maker. Forget the former thing. Embrace what he's trying to do today in your heart and your life. And I believe that'll bring freedom to some of you in here. And you'll see all along that God was making a way. There's a miracle already in progress. A miracle in your life already in progress. And you're just missing it because your focus is on the miracle in your memory instead of the miracle he wants to do in your moment. Because here's what I know. He's a, he's a way maker. He makes a way where there is no way. And I believe we'll see him do it again. Amen? He's a mighty God. He's an able God. He's able. He's able to make a way where there is no way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope was to get us to get our focus, not off of what he did. I mean, let's remember that. And that's a, a blessing to us. But let's not have an expectation for him to do it the same way. Let's make sure that we don't miss the miracle that's already in progress for our moment because we're focused on the miracle of our memory because God's going to do it differently because it's a different season. It's a different time. There's different things he wants to pull out of you. There's different things he wants you to grow in. Different, different glory he wants to get from the miracle than what he got from the last miracle. So we don't have to know the way. We know the way maker. We trust him with all that. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.